0: Hey, it's Parker. So a little bit of housekeeping before we get into this episode. Basically, these episodes are from our Money Lap lives. We did five of them in this offseason. They were absolutely awesome. Thank you to everyone that watched or even listened to those massively long episodes, three plus hours each. But if you didn't get to listen to them, we've basically pulled some of the most awesome interviews and guests that we had on those episodes. We had, I think, what is it, close to 20 guests or something? Maybe more. I didn't do the math before this helped me out there. Uh, but some of them were just really compelling, had great stuff to say. So we basically pulled those out and made them into their own episodes, which you'll have here, whichever one you're listening to. Also, be sure to subscribe to our YouTube because we have tons of original content coming out on there. That's not just the podcast over these next couple of weeks. Basically, it centers around the coolest stuff in motorsports. With that, I have a bit of news. Nobody has heard this. We've never put we have not put this out publicly, but starting the second week of January, we are coming back. New episodes of the Money Lap podcast myself, Lynn and the gang talking the coolest stuff in motorsports. And with that Over 40,000 of you have listened to this podcast in 2023. We just started this back in May, and I know that's a lot because I'm pretty sure our moms could not press play that many times. So we very much appreciate it. Thank you all for supporting us in this journey. We are looking very much forward to 2024. We've got big plans. We're just getting started. Enjoy the episode. He's a team owner. A series owner, a defunct track explorer, a broadcaster, podcaster, host of the Dale Jr. Download. He would absolutely win the most popular driver in Xfinity if he was eligible. You guessed it. It's Dale Jr. on the Money Lap Live right here to announce or to talk about at least. Dale, thank you for coming on. A big deal that you guys announced this week with the Cars Tour. You have a sponsor. Brand new one, ZMAX. Yeah, we do. Um, we're pretty excited about uh,
1: being able to, Partner up with Zmax, and um, this is our first year, or uh, we're, we're ending our first year as series owners, and um, it's been a great experience. And so, there's just a lot uh, that I, th- that we're excited to share about the series. Zmax is coming on board as the title sponsor, and um, uh, that brand. Uh, is a great fit for us as a as a you know automotive motorsport sort of connection there. So it'll be a good fit, easy for our drivers and ourselves to to talk about, and um, <clears throat> and hopefully we can you know hopefully this is a long partnership in terms of a title sponsor. That's one of the biggest parts of the puzzle when you're trying to run either. Um, I mean, it's like a primary sponsor on a race car. Without that. <laughs> very, very difficult to be able to move forward. So um, that's a really important part of the puzzle that we're excited to announce. We are gonna continue our uh, streaming partnership with Flow. That's really been positive for us. And um, I was happy, uh, but not entirely satisfied with our numbers. They're good numbers, but I feel like our, our uh, <clears throat> you know, our growth and potential is is way bigger. And so I have, you know, I have these higher goals for us in terms of our streaming numbers, but very good out of the gate for our first year. Way more people saw us this year than in years past. Um, So that was great. And um, you know, we have uh, the schedule finally released. It's funny um, when you're trying to put together a schedule. this was a great example of one of the things I learned as a series owner, or just being able to look behind the curtain of what it's like to run a series. So we race a late model stock car, which is, we kind of have a monopoly on that type of race car right here in the Southeast in the mid Atlantic part of our country, Virginia, North Carolina, South Carolina, where the pros, uh, car in the super late model races all over the country. So the late model stocks really right here where we, we are and, and You know, we wouldn't be able to take our show up north or out west. There, you know, there's nobody out there with those type of race cars. Our guys aren't going to travel 10, 14, 15 hours to go race somewhere. So we have this cool little package and and geographically we're in this very unique and specific location. And so um, even with that all said, it sounds like putting a schedule together would be very easy. But you have, you know, all of these racetracks, their health and survival is critical as well. They have their own races that are non-cars tour events. And they have other series, uh, like the pros or the supers, that want to come to those racetracks modified. There's multiple modified series that operate in this area. So we have to find where our races can fit where it works for the track, where it also works for other series. So you communicate a lot with other series owners and the, our drivers, our team owners, they're like, we want to schedule now, where's the schedule? When can we learn to schedule? And we're like, man, this is not easy putting this thing together. And, um, you know, everybody wants to schedule before the end of the, of the year, so they can start planning and, and putting sponsorships together and so forth, all the uh, various reasons, but it's not an easy thing. And it, uh, takes a while to put together, but that's just a small example of all of the crazy minute critical parts that it takes to get the series up and down the road. And, um, in the off season, we're kind of like, you know, going over rules and what might need to be updated or changed and, uh, there's an announcement this weekend with Hoosier, uh, how they're sort of changing their direction a little bit in short track and grassroots racing that that will affect our drivers and teams and all the tracks that we compete at. And so uh, there's just a lot happening. So it's been it's been a fun year, a learning year. We're great, are grateful for the ZMAX partnership and our, our relationship with Flow and um, trying to move onward. Man, it's a it's a blast. I'm doing all that while I'm trying to also continue to be a team owner, that's a fine line to walk, right? We've been in, I've owned a car that run in the series for over a decade with Josh Berry and Carson Quapple and other drivers. And so, uh, also I race myself a time or two in the cars <laughs> tour. So it's kind of a weird dynamic. Um, and I, you know, have to be careful to make sure none of that affects the integrity of anything, right? The integrity of the series is important. And, um, so we you're very careful to protect that
2: well, you know I've uh, I've kind of got two questions for you one of them um, just about the appeal to be a car owner in the series you know I, you had actually texted Parker and I a couple of weeks ago and was like hey you guys should take a look at this um, and uh, we definitely appreciate that because that is it is definitely something worth looking at to um, to be an owner in the series so I want to hear more about that from you and why you think you know what you think sets the car's tour apart or what what you're trying to accomplish for prospective drivers, you know, family-owned teams or or professional team owners to to build a team there. And then also I want to hear your thoughts on being a sanctioning body because this this is more than being a promoter, right? This is this is more than just promoting an event. This is you're an actual sanctioning body here and you're part of the motorsports pipeline in America. Um, and I kind of want to hear your thoughts on that because we have spent our entire careers on the other end of that as drivers and even team owners, you're always kind of on the other side of the sanctioning body, right? And we always talk about NASCAR yep. as them, you know? Um, but oh, now, yeah. uh, now that you are part of cars tour and own Cars Tour, you are them. So I want to hear about both of those things.
1: Sure. Being an owner in the series, um, in my opinion. Um, obviously to go super late model racing, which is very, very popular across the entire country. And they got the snowball Derby going on down in Florida and on race in America to be streamed live, uh, this weekend, which everybody that is a grassroots racer or loves that type of racing will be tuning into that event. Those cars while incredibly, um, entertaining, um, they they cost more money to race, just, you know, like a truck or, or an Xfinity car. Um, when, as you go up, right, the ladder, uh, things get tougher financially. Um, I feel like that the, the late model stock car is sort of in this nice little sweet spot where you can race something that's very, very similar to an Xfinity car or a truck chassis. At a, at a reasonable cost, and the you know the sponsorship and the ability to put together packages is still attainable um, for a lot of people, and so um, it's not out of reach. Where you know the, the to race you know above, I believe the, the the that type of a chassis, that type of a race car, specific the specific vehicle, it just you know the 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 numbers start to climb. Uh, in terms of the, you know, the expense that you're going to have to incur to race. So I, you know, I think that <clears throat> with that said, you can go to race in the cars tour, learn the same racecraft. If not, you know, you'll, you'll have the same opportunity to learn the same racecraft that will be necessary to, to be successful at the truck or cup or Xfinity level. You can jump right out of the cars tour into a truck, into an Xfinity car, um, and be ready for that moment. And, um, and so to be able to gain the experience and the, in the understanding of how to compete in a, you know, a, a symmetrical chassis. Uh, I feel like we're a great spot. And, you know, you have myself, Jeff Burton, Kevin Harvick um justin marks and a lot of the industry paying attention right if you're going to try to get a driver some some um, you know interest in the truck series or or from truck owners or, or xfinity owners you we want you to feel like the cars tour is a great place to get that opportunity right to be able to um you know to be able to get noticed and so that's what we're trying to create without changing the financial structure of what competing costs. And so, you know, that's difficult and I'm learning that. Um, I'm an owner in the series. So I think it gives me a great perspective of, all right, I know what it costs for my team to race. I can go to other owners and get pretty good numbers on what it's costing them to compete. And then I can also understand where I, as an owner would love to shed cost. And I can take that to my, put on my series owner hat and start to figure out how to make that a possibility and um you know so that that i think that you know there's a lot there's a we have manufacturers that spend money in the cars tour chevrolet toyota they 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 have teams that compete in the cars tour so there are cars out there for these young drivers that they believe in to race in i believe that I want one day for there to be a track house late model stock car, or a, um, you know, we have the junior motorsports late model stock car. I want there to be, um, you know, other teams in the truck Xfinity level that also put late model stock cars out on the racetrack in the car store. And so, um, you know, that would be a nice thing going down the road. To me, car count is important. You know, going to the racetrack, having 30, 40 cars, trying to compete in our events is where we want to be. Um, those are pretty much close to what numbers we had last year. And so I was looking at you guys, I'm like, man, you know, y'all love to drive. Y'all love to race. I know you'd love to be on the racetrack any opportunity you get. And I feel like that, you know, you are, you both individually have connections and, and you're smart, uh, in terms of being able to operate a race team. Um, and so I feel like that, you know, that would be a fun challenge for y'all to, to chase the opportunity to race at that level without having to, you know, find the type of money that it would take to compete, um, at a super late model or a truck or Xfinity level that you guys already know so well. And so, um, you would have the same experience as an owner driver, what have you in our series without, you know, having to, you know, find that additional funding. But um and maybe that's what happens down the road. But um <laughs> you know, as a as a series owner, uh or or being part of the ownership group, I you know, it's just given me a lot of appreciation for um NASCAR. Landon, you mentioned we've always kind of been in the car going, Oh, NASCAR's this, NASCAR's that. I wish it was like this. Yeah. I wish it was we were always had that driver mentality. I changed you know, I learned I learned it altered my opinions so much when I got into the broadcast booth. That continued when I became a series owner. It's at a much smaller scale, but I still can appreciate how NASCAR gets put in these situations where there's they can't win, but they have to make a decision. And either decision is going to bring scrutiny. But they're doing this on a national stage, right? And so every week, they're put in a position to have to make a call they don't even want to make and they're going to get criticized no matter what decision they make that's that's something that i now appreciate that i didn't before and um the other thing too is you know it, it uh, there's some pressure to succeed there's pressure not to fail at the, you know at, with our series i, I could not imagine the pressure that nascar feels to succeed um when they look at viewership, attendance at racetracks, when that's going up, when it's going down, you know, how that might, you know, affect the morale and tension within the industry, especially at the executive level. I do not envy that position that they're in. It's, we're, we're in the, you know, we're down here in the grassroots level, having a blast. Uh, we don't have those type of pressure. <laughs> that they have at at the national Mm -hmm. level, at the global level, really. Um, And they're competing neck and neck with IndyCar and F1 and all those other global brands, right? And it's such a tough scenario for them to be in.
0: Man, I I hear that for sure. And I think you uh, you said that really well in terms of just how much they're dealing with and how you're seeing that, at least in a smaller level. I will say in terms of us running a team, we have run an eNASCAR team successfully, but I believe – the cost of wrecking will definitely be higher than in NASCAR. I can res- I can basically say that one hundred percent fact. Uh, but I, I'm quickly. First of all, I don't know how you do it, man. With all you have going on, it's so cool that you, Kevin, Jeff Burton, Justin Marks, have decided to give back the sport in this way and to support a series like this. You kind of alluded to it, but. Where do you see the cars tour in five years? What is a dream scenario? You kind of said maybe more people watching. You want the cup teams or more teams involved in the NASCAR level, but like what is Dale Jr. wakes up in five years and it's like, wow, this is where the cars tour is at. What's some metrics or some things you'd want to see that out of this series?
1: Yeah, I think that I would love to see the um the car count consistently at the uh around the thirty eight to forty two number. Um we're not far from that, but that would mean, you know, some, and, 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 you know, the, the commitment from some of the, you know, some of the, some of the truck series teams and, um, some of the Xfinity series teams for them to find value in competing in that series and having a place for their younger drivers to cultivate their, their race craft. Um, I think is is there's opportunity there for some of these teams to and 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 it's um, additional exposure for some of their partners. Maybe they've got a you know a partner that can't be a primary on a truck or an Xfinity car has that you know doesn't have that kind of uh, a spin to make in their marketing department, but um, they want to be an associate on on a truck or an Xfinity car, and then this late model stock car could continue to give them more exposure in our series specifically. So um that would be nice you know to see some of teams. and and there has been outside of junior motorsports there has been other um xfinity teams that have brought race cars to the racetrack and competed and so um you know that that's i think we're starting to see you know some of that actually come uh become reality so in five years it'd be nice to have the car counts continue to increase um, obviously, I mentioned viewership. Um, the numbers are great, but um, you know, I feel like there are a lot of people that would love to watch our races that just either don't understand how simple the access is, uh, and just haven't been introduced to us yet. And so, I think that there's totally uh, you know thousands and thousands of people out there that would that would become regular watchers or, of our races. Um, once they, you know, either discover us or find that access. And the reason, you know, why I love flow is because, and we talked about this, this was very critical for me at least, Uh, when we were negotiating with him was we did not want the cars tour to be a new expense. Like if you're a subscriber on flow already, we didn't want you to have to spend another 20 bucks to get the cars tour access. We wanted, we were going to do a deal with a streamer. We wanted to be part of the subscription. If you're a subscriber, you get us right. And so, um, I, I just, I, it's a turnoff for me when I'm a subscriber to a streaming service, and then there's an event that I have to then pay additional money for, um, <laughs> I would rather, you know, I would just, I, I, understand why I know that things cost money. I mean, you, you guys, and, and we make, we have our own shows. They don't, you know, they're, they cost money to make and having good quality, uh, you know, editing and, and production is important. Um, so I know those things cost money, but I just put it on the front end of the subscription. I'm I'll buy it, you know, tell me what a full subscription costs to have access to everything. Maybe I, I will pay for that. Right. A one lump sum. (laughs) And so that's kind of where I enjoy, uh, why I enjoy flow just as a personal preference. Maybe it doesn't matter to other people, but, um, you know, I feel like too, with flow, they have racing, but everything else, like everything. Um, I had no clue how much they, um, they have on their platform outside of motorsports, um, high school and college, all types of events happening every single day. And if any type of sports you could think of. And so the, the cost for the subscription to be able to access just about everything out there is, is pretty good. So, um, I think it's a good value, but, uh, you know, so I think, I'll say this too so um, those two things right there are probably the key for me um, we when i raced in the cars tour as an owner up until the last couple of years when you're at the series owner at the racetrack at the event you're looking in the grandstands and you're going man it's a good night we got a lot of people or man, it's a little thin not a great night what what can we do with this event to make it better you're only worrying about what is happening on the property you you mm-hmm. you don't think about the streaming audience because it was right it's relatively small in terms of just running the business and how important it was to to for the series to succeed year-round we're all we're, we're we're having to shift that mentality inside our um organization inside the cars tour we're having to sort of help people understand like you know, I know that you want to make sure drivers intros are robust and in, and in person, they're a great experience. And I know that you want to go through all the pre-race ceremonies and, you know, there may be some people there that are need to be acknowledged. Um, and so uh, that, all that stuff is very critical at track, but we have to start on time. We're a TV show now. We're a streaming show mm-hmm. that we advertised <laughs> a 8 p.m. start date. We cannot start at 9:30. We cannot go green at 10 o'clock, you know. And so that was one thing that we worked really hard on this year, is just trying. And it's not so much our own people; it's getting the tracks there too. The tracks don't care, you know. They they they're making their money on the gate and all that. they 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 don't care when this race starts. They've got the people are there, right? They've got them in the building and so the track trying to get the tracks to help us move the process along um they'll have their own support series there bandoleros street stocks whatever and they want to get those guys their race in and they'll crash and their races run long and next thing you know our eight o'clock starts not happening and we're we're delayed till <laughs> nine and people on flow have no idea our subscribers are, are tuned in and all they see is a flash pl- a flash splash pl- page with slow racing on it and this event hasn't started yet and there's no reason why you don't know if it's raining or what <laughs> and so you know there's just a lot of things like that 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 we got to work on and improve um and we've gotten a lot better um and we want to continue because like i say that the streaming partnership is nearly it is as important as the title sponsor i mean there's two there's two or three mm-hmm. cornerstone things that have to be there for this series to lives and that's that's our title sponsor and 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 our streaming partners part of that too and people um the numbers that i want to see on our streaming platform will only get to where i believe they can go if we say hey man tune in at eight and the show starts that's what you get right you won't you want to have that consistency every single week
2: well that's i mean you are so right in that it's you're we're all blazing a new trail because getting to see this grassroots level of racing or anything. I mean, I'm sure that there's other sports that are going through the same thing um, live is is a very new thing. Um, you know, st- the ability to film and stream something on the Internet uh, was just not accessible. It was only reserved for, you know, major broadcast partner sports franchises and, and, you know, entertainment um avenues so we are blazing a new trail and we talk about this every single year around the chili bowl right because god bless the chili bowl and we love the chili bowl but i ain't staying up for that race <laughs> like i'll watch the, <laughs> the f mains and the d mains but i'm usually asleep by the time the a main even comes around right and right yeah. um, and it's you know it's an incredible event um but they've you know from from a fan's perspective that's maybe not fully committed to dirt racing Right. I, I love the Chili Bowl because I'm a race fan, but I'm not a I don't bleed dirt racing. Um, I'm I'm asleep by 11 o'clock. I'm not I'm not watching that race, you know, and yeah. and if they want to capture me as an audience at scale um, and really elevate that that event to where it should and could be uh, race has got to start on time. Uh, so, yeah. you know, it's. I, I you gotta, it's, I'll, it's
1: I'll, I'll give you this very it's a very this is a very small sort of um uh, you know, how how to get from A to, to B to C to D for for people that are watching. So, if you're a series owner, right? And and what do you th- what do you think would make your drivers and team owners really happy? That would be raising the purse, right? Every every year, getting the purse raised yep. up, filling out, filling the back end of the purse, whatever, right? Making it more money to start. And you want as a series owner, man, you want to do that. You want you want to give that to them. You want to show them that you're doing the you're doing good work. And the only way to do that, though, is to get more money in the actual account, right? The bank account, right? The only way to be able to give the drivers and teams that bump is to increase, you know, revenue. And so the only way to increase revenue is to get better numbers on your streaming platform. And so the only way to get better numbers on your stream platform is to put a better stream online and more accessible <laughs> yeah. and easier to watch. And so, you know, it's a big, it's a big, you know, it's a very, you know, very easy to understand in those terms, but uh, it, it, it's well, like you say, like, it, like you say, it's very new, right? I you yep. shoot, five years ago, we couldn't watch a a Saturday night show on on a streaming platform, and there were just a couple that were popping up, and they were really really rough, and we loved it. We didn't care because it was like, wow, yeah. I, I can watch I can watch a race on at Langley Speedway. I don't care if there's even not even an announcer. I'm just able to be able to see the cars racing. I can tell who's winning. Right. Uh, you know, now it's, it's <laughs> evolving so quickly into, into, you know, every racetrack is now trying to make themselves available to streaming, uh, in some platform and, um, and so we get, we get spoiled, man, we get spoiled so easily because, uh, you know, things are becoming so easily accessible.
2: Yeah they will they will they'll get there and i'm excited for it you know obviously they because these big races they've already sold out all the tickets so we can't double the ticket prices and you know then you jack up prices to where people can't even afford to come to the events that this to scale these events we just got to get more eyeballs and they got to deliver it on time in a quality manner and have a good production quality and so it's good to see you know the um your involvement is 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 gonna Improve and drive that forward in a major way. I want to change subjects really quick um, before we let you go, and then we have a question of the day that we try to ask all of our guests. Um, so, the age-old conversation with NASCAR in particular and racing in general is, you know, horsepower, downforce, tires—you know, all this stuff. Right? You've driven a lot of different race cars. You've owned different race cars. We've got now. You're super involved in the cars tour, so you're really thinking about late model packages and rules packages and then you know and you're still in the broadcast booth so you're really in tune with what's going on in nascar dale jr what is your ideal race car what is your what is the race car that you think we all should be racing
0: dream (laughs) one at the cup level i think anywhere you're just dream car it doesn't have to be don't don't you know doesn't even be cars tour dash car you just woke up one day and you're like this would be the coolest car for dale jr
1: man i mean that's tough i i am i am really uh partial to the late model stock car that we race in the cars tour i grew up racing that cars uh in in the 90s and a version of that chassis, which is basically a cup Bush truck chassis from probably 15 years ago. It still has a manual old school steering box with a drag link, um, or quick change rear end. It's very easy to work on. So easy to work on. Um, and easy to fix, you know, the bodies and all that stuff are pretty much, uh, You know self-explanatory in terms of like you you know call five star to get you a half a nose if you tore the right side off of it um (laughs) they're just i just love everything about them they look cool um and they're relatively you know affordable for a hardcore serious racer and um and i you know so i think that is a good kind of a nucleus a starting point I also love the bias ply tire. Um, And maybe, Mm -hmm. you know, if you put, if you put this type of tire on a, an Xfinity car, uh, maybe I'd love the Xfinity car more. I don't know. You know, the radial tire for me is, is uh, the radial tire for me is kind of a tough deal. I mean, it's, 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 you know, they are what they are, but the bias ply, you can really, you know drive the car harder and move the car around. And there's a lot of sliding and movement in the car and there's a lot of forgiveness, but you know, it does, you can be penalty, you know, there's a penalty to beating up the tire, um, or being hard on it. And, um, you know, so I kinda, I kinda think the tires important. you know, the tire. you guys would agree, the tire is the most, one of the most critical components because it locks the car to the ground. And, um, even the greatest race car with a bad tire is not a great car, not a fun car to drive. And so, um, you know, I, I think, you know, when you look at our late model stock car that you just threw up on the screen, um, if you peeled the body off of that thing, it would look very, very similar to the NASCAR stock cars that we raced from the 80s, 90s up until the early 2000s and the chassis is not much different at all and um there are coilover springs and, and I'm not talking I'm not particular toward coilovers or big springs I do like the trailing arm rear suspension uh over the three link I think the three link is is uh, there's nothing against three links they're just very complicated and it's uh it can it can get expensive I guess when you when you think about three and four <laughs> links but uh you know there's just you know, the truck arms just so simple. Hey, bolt them on onto the cross member. They have to be this length. There's, it's easy to, you know, police. Uh, and, and and um, I kind of like cars like that. I like cars that are very basic, stripped down, simple rules, easy to work on, easy to repair. Um, I don't have a preference on power. I know there's this crazy, uh, you know, passionate debate about sport you know, horsepower, um, I would give the drivers what they're asking for at the cup level. They're asking for it, give it to them. Um, but in terms of what I think, you know, do I, what I want more power in my late mile stock car? No. Um, (laughs) I don't, I think we have a hard time locking it down as it is. Hell, we're taking gear out. We're running crate (laughs) engines that are way down on power just to be better at lap 100. You know, we don't even need all the power that we can make. And so, um, you know, for our little series, I, I think we're in a really, really, really good space. And honestly, that's why I still drive them. I really enjoy driving that particular race car. But, um, so that might help you. It doesn't really answer the question specifically, but that I would, the late mile stock car is a great starting point for me because of, mm-hmm. I feel very, very comfortable working on it and fixing it and, and getting
2: it ready for the race. what I heard is, it's, is, you know, a car that's forgiving to drive um which i think i think that's a it sounds like a soft thing to say but i think that's a legitimate you know thing to consider about stock car racing um you know is is a car that you can lean into and it helps you lean into other cars it helps you lean into the racetrack Um, it helps with close quarter racing and if you think of the scale of tire forgiveness you have bias ply tires over here and radial tires over here and in the cup level we've gone beyond radial tires and now we have um, a really low profile tire right and we see you know we see it's really hard to lean into the racetrack to lean into other cars i mean still the racing is is good and is exciting the cars perform well and they you know, they get into each other, and and the passing and the arrow is not horrible in the cup level. We put on some good racing, but there's something missing, right? And there's that like that character of the car, like that yeah. feel of sliding your car, and that you know the workability of it is kind of missing right now in those cars. I am uh, I am entertained as I can be at
1: a mile and a half, and even at the super speedways to a point. You know, the super speedway racing, you know, there's not. To me, there's not like a perfect gen, you know, right, NASCAR. That oh, this was the car, the best car for super speedway racing. Um, mm-hmm. But I, I really enjoy the next gen car at a lot of the racetracks we go to. I do not enjoy it at the short tracks or the road courses. Um, it it's missing, it, it's missing something. It has something that it doesn't need. I don't know what the answer is. I am thankful that NASCAR is working very hard to find it. I think that they made some great gains uh, with the tire itself, um, especially at the Martinsville race. Um, and so, I mean, there's there's a good effort to to improve it. And, um, you know, so I, I agree uh, with you. I mean, the short sidewall tire, I would not want that. I wouldn't prefer that. Just just my personal opinion um, if I was going to create a race car and put it, put it on a racetrack. I would not get a, you know, for ovals, I would not have a short profile tire. I, I just think you, you know, the bias ply or the taller sidewall just gives the driver a lot more feedback and understandable, you know, what the car is really kind of doing and how much he's got to really push the car. So, um, but to your point, I've seen that short sidewall next-gen car do things this year that I didn't think it was really capable of doing in terms of drivers being able to lean on each other, drivers having a bit bigger of a window to understand where the slip in the tire was at, and actually being able to save the car and drive it out of some moments that would have probably been bad crashes in that first you know 12 months of the next Gen era. So they're gaining on it. The team's oddly and incredibly fined. A way to make that box bigger—that that box of forgiveness that we're talking about.
0: Mm-hmm. What I uh, what I love, first of all, thank you for the time, man. We've—I uh, probably owe you yes. a sun drop. I'll get you one after this. No, for, I'm for good, man. i so
1: <laughs> Hey, I've been watching y'all, man. You know, I think the world of both of y'all, and uh, I've been seeing what y'all been doing, um, and I love y'all's work. I love your work ethic, okay. man. You guys are go getters. And um, and it's fun to watch money lap and see you guys getting creative with it. And y'all are, you know, y'all are two good dudes and
0: I love y'all's friendship. Um, and it's fun to watch. Man, I might tear up. Thank, Thank you man. so much. But just real quick, we'll let you go right after this. Just question of the day. You talked about cars and everything. What I love about the cars tour and the car you mentioned there, late model stock, is simplicity. You're definitely a purist. But we were t- having this discussion throughout this show, uh, and that is going to be the ideal schedule length. You guys have 19 races in the car store. We have 38 in the NASCAR Cup Series. When you think about Dale, the driver, or a fan, you sit there and you say, you know, what's the ideal amount of races in a series? F1's going to a bunch more, you know, they're going to hit their limit races at basically 24. What's the ideal number of races for Dale Jr.?
1: Yeah, I think 28 races, uh, maybe 30 max Um I believe that, you know, the teams and the the industry needs breaks. They need weeks off, they need time at home, they need holidays, they need need a couple weekends in the summer to go to the beach. Um, And there was a moment probably back in the early eighties and late seventies when we had about a 28 race schedule. The sport was popular, growing, Um, it succeeded with with that amount of races. And so I think that would be a good number to get close to, to be able to give the industry. So I worry about the burnout of our mechanics, engineers, crew chiefs, um, the drivers. Um, there may be some concern about burnout, but not so much. But these, these you know, the, the workhorses that are getting these cars to the racetrack and through the race weekend are the ones that, you know, we'll hear about people like, Yep. You know, Bobby ain't coming back. He's going back to the family business up north. And you're like, he's leaving the sport entirely. I would never imagine somebody (laughs) doing that, you know, 15 years ago, 20 years ago. Like we all were dying to get into this sport. Now people are just walking away like I've had enough. And so I think it's the schedule, you know, it's the week daily grind. Um, for the mechanics and the PR people and all the industry folks. That it's a big traveling circus, right? And it's never rooted anywhere and it never takes any time off. You're moving all the time. And so, you know, that's that's kind of the um, the reason why I think getting back, cutting back, but it's one of those things, you know, we, we think we can say that's a great idea, but you can never put the toothpaste back in the tube. Um, I don't think, I mean, things would have to be, it would something drastic would really have to happen for nascar to ever want to cut back on races and so yeah. um i don't know what that would be i mean the pandemic didn't do it what and the pandemic changed everything <laughs> about this sport so, um, <laughs> well,
2: it's hard to talk about trying to cut back races when uh we uh get paid to race by yeah, by the race yeah. that we race so it, <laughs> I, yeah. it's it's there's a bit of a conundrum i'm not trying to oversimplify it right uh well
1: but drivers you know drivers if they had the week off they'd go race somewhere else right carl larson would go run a dirt track somewhere so drivers would still drive but you know those our mechanics i'm sitting in uh, looking out the window of the studio at um, dirty mo media in the shop now and i know there's there's some people that love another weekend or two off even into xfinity level which has some off weekends in it so um it uh we okay. see it in their faces yeah. right when we have our meetings at the shop it's there they are run into the ground in those last 10 weeks of the year it's all they can do to keep pushing forward
0: really so. well said man so awesome chatting with you thank you so much congratulations on all the success of the cars tour enjoy your off time my man thanks so much yeah for buddy. Being on Money lap. Hope y'all had a great Thanksgiving. Happy holidays. Merry Christmas, everybody. Appreciate it, Thanks, Dale. See you later. Hey there. Um, I got a request. Can you please like, subscribe, and hit the bell icon below to be alerted to when we post all this great content? And really, it's a pact because if you do that, then we'll keep posting great content. Also. Join us on Wednesdays from 12 to 3 p.m. Eastern time for the live show, Money Lap Live, where we interview people from around the motorsports world and just talk all things motorsports. It's awesome. Join us there.